Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we have Yosef Lee, Yosef, your brosif, on the show. And incredible story he told us about coming into the U.S., to New York from Korea many years ago and eventually went to school to become a lawyer. And then from there, realized that he didn't necessarily want to be in the rat race for the rest of his life and turned to real estate. And his story is pretty incredible. Over the first couple of years, the amount of units he put together as a GP is phenomenal considering the fact that his day job is pretty demanding. So at least for me, a very inspirational an educational story. How about you, Dre? Oh, I agree. It's very inspirational to see someone that works a busy W-2 job and then is still able to get into real estate. He even mentions the networking mastermind that he hosts with Nico, who's another one of our multifamily buddies. So he discusses that and just how he got started and how he was able to acquire deals. So I, I feel that this episode is very well suited for people that are trying to find that balance and learn from someone who's been able to scale in a large way and get a lot of attention and respect within the multifamily space. He's very well known while still working at a very demanding W-2 job. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now a word from my show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals and select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. What's going on, folks? Your host, Dre here. Also, Deep Dish Dre, bringing you another episode of Multifamily by the Slice podcast. I've got my incredible Ike, the co-host in the house, Ike Eke. And then we got Yosef Lee, Yosef, the brosef, here joining us, too, from the Jake and Gino Mastermind community. I'm excited to have him on the show. But always, folks, before I check in with Yosef and introduce him, I got to see how Ike is doing. Ike, how you doing today, brother? Doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm out in the big D, Dallas, Texas right now. I came here for a company sort of retreat and we're learning all about branding and marketing and a lot of transferable knowledge. So I I really enjoyed the day. Going to head back back down to San Diego after this call. So it's been a good day and a good week. How you doing, man? Man, I am phenomenal. The, The sun is out. We've got our 80 degree weather in San Diego. Ike and I just launched the Multifamily by the Slice podcast website. That's www.multifamilybytheslice.com. Again, that's www.multifamilybytheslice.com. Check it out. And then I was meeting with my boy, Kenny Simpson. 
huge multifamily investor here in San Diego and mortgage uh, loan officer. And he dropped me with the real estate hustle hats and, and the swag gear. So I'm excited about that, man. So I'm feeling good. I love it. In fact, I'm going to need one of those hats. As soon as I touch down, I'm going to give you a call <laughs> and we'll have to grab one. For those of you that don't see the hat, it is a beautiful hat that says real estate hustle right across the front. And I love it. So I'm, I'm going to either need that one or another one. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. But let's get into this show and, and bring in Yosef Lee. So Yosef, I'm not even going to read your bio verbatim. I'm just going to let you tell us a little bit about your story, man, and how you got started in real estate. Sure, man. Thank you very much for having me, Ike and Drek. I'm very excited to be here and uh, have a little chat about my passionate real estate journey. So I'm a South Korean immigrant. I have two daughters, father of two. I live in New York. I'm a civil litigation attorney, still W-2, part of a firm. Ever since I came to the U.S., I, I'm an immigrant. So I came here when I was like a, a month shy of 18 years old. And it's been always about proving myself to a new country, right? I did a lot of part-time jobs, odd jobs, like being a bartender, being a salesperson of jewel store, fish market and, and restaurant, waiters and everything. And then finally I went to school and uh, followed the path and tried to prove myself. I went to law school, became an attorney. And I was really happy in the beginning, but at one point, and it was great. It was great profession. Don't get me wrong. I really like what I do, but I soon realized, okay, by nature of my job, I'm essentially trading my time for money. And the more money that you want to make, you got to trade your time. And it's, it's just like a vicious cycle. And my kids are growing up and, and I'm aging. So I thought about this, like really reflecting myself, my values and whys and goals and visions. And I concluded that I got to come up with some sort of sustainable income stream, multiple passive income, so that no matter what happens to me, God forbid, I could have my kids can have a sustainable income, right? That they could be protected. So uh, that's basically how I started thinking about investing. That's around when I stumbled upon the book, Robert Kiyosaki reached it and poured it. Funny thing, I had the book for about over 10 years. I had it like on my shelf, never read thoroughly. I was given by my uncle and I thought it was some kind of scheme back then or whatever. And I really didn't, uh, think it seriously. But this time, for some reason, I started uh, reading it thoroughly from cover to cover. And it really hit me hard. And my, it was just completely changed my mindset as to what it is to be an investor and what it is to stay in a rent race, right? So I re realized I was in a rent race. I was on the rents. And uh, yeah, and from there on, I started doing some self-education and did a little bit of reads and uh, some stocks, but nothing really threw me. But when I land on multifamily, it was just complete game changer, especially multifamily, the benefits and everything. So I did more education on that. I started going to biggerpockets.com, started materials and listening to the podcast and YouTube videos, Michael Blanks and Green Cardone's were the first two people I listened to. And it just made so much sense, but I soon realized I was really not taking any actions. I was just studying and studying, but it was sort of analysis paralysis. I was really not doing anything. So early 2020, so it was February, 2020, I decided to join a mentorship group. So I joined um, Jake and Gino and MIH Mastermind thereafter with a goal of closing my first multifamily deal in 2020, which happened in uh, December, 2020. So that was my first multifamily apartment, 43 unit 
in Kansas. And with the same team, the partners I met, we did another property in March of last year, 68 unit syndication. And thereafter, I got an uh, offer from uh, my mentor. So with him, I started learning capital raising and investor relationship and all that. And with him, I got into a couple more deals of my another mentor, Chris Jackson's, and with him. So I raised capital that helped him out more though. And with him, I, I became a GP of five, five more deals in 2021 in syndication. So overall, just in 2021, I did six deals. And within two years, I became zero to uh, 560, 560 units as a GP uh, in a syndication deals. And uh, yeah, that's basically in a nutshell, my real estate journey, uh, crazy roller coaster, met a lot of amazing people, very thankful. And I'm going to continue my journey like that. Awesome. Awesome. And we don't typically do this on the show, but you have a pretty cool podcast or not podcast, but logo for your business. So I, I got to ask. What's the inspiration behind it? What's it mean? Tell us. Yeah, so I have a logo. It's basically the basic structure is my initial of my name, like Y and L is from Yosef Lee. And I just wanted to, again, it's, it signifies that I am who I am and I want to prove myself and put myself out there. So it's sort of like that. And then there's some meaning in between the two letters. You see, uh, there's a like a little negative space with like six square shapes that signifies a building. So this, it's a two negative space buildings that signifies the double skyscraper that I, I came from New York City. And that's the heart of finance and investment capital of the world. And that's, uh, that's where I am basing on, All right? So that, that gives the real estate feeling. And basically that's, that's the story behind the logo, me, and the real estate and I'm from New York and that's how I'm going to grow up. That's really cool. And I want to sort of rewind and go back to the beginnings of your story and learn, learn a little bit more about your migration to the U S and sort of how you are able to be prosperous in a foreign country and quite frankly, do a lot more in the U.S. than people that were born here and raised here are able to do. And the reason I ask you that question is because my background is not necessarily that of an immigrant, but those of, that of my parents is. And I, I know their story and it's quite similar to yours. So I, I'd like to ask you to sort of enlighten the audience and discuss some of the, the mental fortitude it takes to be able to go into a new land and be prosperous and grow and build networks and do all the things that you've done thus far? Sure. I mean, I, I come from a very humble background. Uh, it's not like I had a lot of money to come to the U.S. and do something, right? So I came here. I w in the beginning, I, was, I had a visitor's visa. I didn't even have immigrant visa back then. I thought I was immigrating, but later I figured out they just had me a visitor's visa and one-way ticket, my parents. So I came here no way to go back. And in the beginning, I was just having, you know, some fun, it's a new country. But soon I realized I, 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 it's like wasting my time unless I do something seriously. So that's when I started having like the desire of proving myself in the foreign country, proving myself to be a better person every day. This is like, 
I, I just push myself to be like, this is like a last chance of my life to become somebody, right? But life is long. Back then I was younger and I just didn't realize how long it's going to go on. But I guess at given moment, the only, the, the thing that I did not forget was gotta put the best effort into anything that you do here at this very moment. That was, I think, one thing I just consistently did. I wasn't sure how far this was going to go, where this was going to go. I did, I, I got into college. I got into law school. Nothing was really planned long-term. Like it was just in, in a given moment when I, while I was trying my best, some path was opened up and I just followed. And sometimes it was like really stupid choice I made appearance wise. Like some people say, why would you choose that pass over the other? But at, the, at a given time, for some reason, I felt like something was drawing me uh, to some way. Right. So I was just following the path any given day, just trying my best. And yeah, that's what I did. It's interesting. And to, to bring it to today. And some of the stuff that you've done recently, you're a full-time lawyer, you have two kids, you have a family, and you're also syndicating, you know, deals remotely. And the question I, I would pose to you and, and something I think our audience will really benefit from is what are the mechanics of your time management? Because a lot of people that want to break into this industry, one of their, their biggest issues is they don't have the time to first learn how to do it correctly, and then build the networks that's necessary to complete some of the projects that they want to do, or even build the networks that's necessary to start some of the projects they want to do. So if you can give us a little detail on how you manage your time and some of the principles you follow to do it effectively. Sure. I mean, I don't know if this will be effective for everybody, but as far as my situation goes, I try to do planning regularly, planning and prioritizing and laying things on the to-do list, right? So I have a vision board. On my vision board, I have 30, 40 years uh, lifespan wow. laying down. And I'm obviously, I, I don't think it's going to happen the way I laid them down, but uh, I have it at least. And I kind of reverse engineered from that point on backwards. Okay, to become this figure, I'll just call it figure, to become this person, I got to be at least five years prior to that. I got to become like somebody like this much or that like kind of reverse engineers. So I have two life plans going from uh, zero to hundred and the other one from hundred to backwards to, I don't know, 40, 30 years old, 40 years by now. So within that time span, I try to lay down a yearly plan, a monthly plan and like weekly and daily. Again, nothing works the way I expected, but at least it gives clear path or guideline towards my vision. So I consider you got to have a vision first. Mm -hmm. Vision is, well, to me, vision is something like, uh, it's like a goalpost. It's like something that you, it's not there to reach. The purpose of goalpost is to get the direction. So you got to have that to, to constantly find your direction. And then you would have goals to me, it's like a stepping stone towards that direction. So. As you go, you might lose the track and kind of be fallen in a different path. But as long as you have that vision goalpost, you can always come back to your path and, and then keep going, right? So you got to have both vision and goals. And then in that you have that to-do list and prioritization. I do 
a lot of prioritization daily, every like in a couple of hours each time. I have a to-do list and there's so many. So I know for sure, even if it's dated today, I'm not going to be finishing that up. But I, I just, just there just to kind of push myself. So what I do is every morning I pick three most important things and then write it down in front of me so I can see it. It gives me different feeling. Like when I write them down actually on a piece of paper and I have it on front and I cross it out when I get it done. So as long as I get three done, I kind of gives uh, myself a little pat. Okay. So th those are done. Now, whatever you finish, that's extra, right? So the constant checking and coming back to this list and making sure things are done, prioritizing and being able to quickly pivot, I will say, and make that speedy execution. I think that's how I am able to manage what I'm doing now. Although caveat is that I don't, there are things that I kind of gave up on to be more effective. I gave up on watching TVs. I tried not to. I gave up on doing certain things so that I could be more effective on doing multifamily and at the same time, my W2 job. So it's sometimes painful because you feel like you're missing out, but uh, I guess that's unavoidable. You can't just do everything. And even with that, I started following some balls here and there uh, while I'm juggling. That means now I'm getting too many on my plates. So I got to <laughs> sit down and do more in-depth prioritization. And now what I need to do is, is a process of eliminating things from my plate. And it's really hard because people want to do something. People want to be part of somewhere. People want to be part of a group. But a lot of times I learned you got to be able to say no to something, but it's really hard to say no, but that's the process I got to go through now. And I know for sure that's what I got to do and get rid of something from my plate. Let's, let's dig a little deeper, Yosef. And I know you talked about joining MIH and joining the Jake and Gino community, but how did you learn about multifamily investing and how did you acquire the knowledge and walk us through the connections to you established to do your first deal? And then how did that eventually leverage you into your next deal? Sure. How I learned, I mean, basically learning itself. Education-wise, you could just start, right? I, I learned what a syndication is through just studying materials, watching YouTubes, asking questions on the bigger in the biggerpockets.com, et cetera. However, education is only one component of th this overall journey. You always need to have education. Yes, you got to know what you're talking about, but you also need to do a networking. Why? Because it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Right. So, because I am convinced that an opportunity comes from people, it, it doesn't come from a situation. It comes from people. So that's why I said it's about who, because people always watch you. And then when there's an opportunity, they will give you an opportunity. So you got to be ready to get that opportunity too, but you got to keep networking. Otherwise you're not going to know who can get you an opportunity. So education and networking, and I always mention about three things in my real estate journey. What are the three most important things? One, education and networking, and then actions. You got to take actions. So I call it ENA, ENA right? You, you must take actions. A lot of people learn, educate themselves, thinking that 
they're doing something. Oh yes, they're reading books. They're listening to the podcast. They think it's an action, but it's really not. It's just passive. It's passive observing. Passive observation of information is, is not an action. You got to take an active action, right? One of the active action is you got to push yourself to meet people, get to know them, tell them who you are, find a partnership, add value, find out complementing partners, tackle down deals together. So that's basically the steps I took, what I did, right? And by what I mean by taking an action was just calling the brokers, underwriting the deals, being in a meeting at midnight or even one in the morning. I had a partner from California, so he's nine o'clock is my 12. And just still being on it, pushing yourself and being on it because that's what you got to do. And you believe in that multifamily journey and that's what you got to do. So that's how I formed myself as a multifamily investor. And this was led to a first deal. Again, networking. I found a boots in the ground partner and then his friend knew the seller of my first deal and the seller wanted to get rid of the property so that he could scale up even to the bigger ones. And because it was through him, we didn't really have to compete or anything, which is off market seller direct. There's no final agreed upon the prices. He was really easy going. And surprisingly, like a lot of things were very smooth. Joseph, I, I know you're, you're being a little modest here. You be, I'm going to, I'm going to pull this one out of you because I know this personally, but when you talk about taking action, I, I want you to tell the listeners at what you did right after joining the Jake and Gino community in terms of networking, because when you told me this, when we had our one-on-one, I was floored. So I need you to share that with, with the audience as well. Sure. So again, I started my journey. So I always had this mind, like relatively I I'm starting late. Relatively, I don't know many other investors. Relatively, I have, I lack the knowledge. So I just pushed myself to do more. So as far as networking goes, I started scheduling my networking calls about two, three per day and consistently push myself at least 10 to 15 calls a week. In 2020, I stopped counting, but I, I passed 200 calls like one-on-one Zoom calls. So that was how I, how many people I met through networking. And it was just to me still falling short. So I started hosting a virtual meetup. So I'm a host of two virtual meetups. In the beginning, it started as bi-weekly. Now we'll do monthly. Invest, uh, we bring the guests on the show. We have a little networking session because I couldn't go out. Like as soon as I joined the group, I was so ready to go out and meet real estate people, but the pandemic came and it shut down. So I couldn't really go out. So I had to create some sort of uh, playground for myself. That was virtual meetup so that I can network. And it went really well in the beginning. I recall like it was once it was like a guest, me and my co-host <laughs> <laughs> or one more person, but soon it, it caught up the momentum. And three months later, I actually had Rod Cliff on it. I had Rod Cliff as a guest. And uh, thereafter, people started coming at one point, 30, 40, sometimes, depends on the guests. We had 100 people too. So regularly 20, 30, but which is still great. Like I'm having just so much fun with it. So that's in terms of networking, that's kind of the actions I took. And so for the listeners out there, I'm not saying they need to go out and have 200 Zoom calls, start two virtual meetups 
and get Rod Cleef on your show. But the point is that if you want to get into this industry and you don't necessarily know a lot of people or you don't have that network already in place, it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of consistency to get the ball rolling. But once you do, you can also take the trajectory that Yosef has and become very successful in a multifamily space. And I really love that when you mentioned consistency, because I, that's kind of my theme of my journey. Like consistency always wins in the end because it's taking such a small actions every day consistently. I think that's the most powerful way to become successful in a macro way. Yep. And then what did you, what do you specifically look for when you're underwriting properties in general, especially if they're underperformed and I know you alluded to doing your first deal in Kansas, but what other markets have you decided to focus on and why? The metrics I look at is if there's a population growth, if there's a job growth, how's crime rate? And if there is a, like how's household median income, is it high enough to cover the rent that I want to push up to that, that these are the metrics I look at and I use websites like uh, geomap.com. And also other websites like Census, New Census. I have a program that's created by one of the Jake and Gino members. It's called Nomad. You punch in the address, it will get you like a trek level, city level, county level, like what the median income is, population for the last 10 years or 19 years, right? So these are all the metrics I look at. And obviously it's not only about that because you gotta have somebody boots in the ground in the market so that he can find out the things that I don't see. Cause I only see the data, like I only see the bigger picture, but real estate is, I think, so location and pocket specific. So even if it's a state where a or town populations consistently grow, that specific property that are sitting that's within that specific track probably might not be a good property for you because median house income is so low or that's a, that's like a hood. But I, I wouldn't know that kind of information unless I have a specific market knowledge, but I'm from out of state. So before I go into the market, I always look for somebody who's in the market and, and that I could be partnered with, right? So that's how I got into Kansas market because I had a Kansas, I had a boots on the ground partner from Kansas city, great guy. And he could just go to the property and take a look and feel the vibe. Other markets. The properties that I'm in as a GP together are also in Ohio and Oklahoma City, Missouri, Kansas City area. Same metrics. They're all uh, growing markets. Population is moving into the city like Columbus from Cleveland or other parts of the Ohio. And young people are more migrating into that part. And still cap rates are relatively higher than other markets. And uh, I think, well, it's not everything, but still it's a metric. And also uh, good cash and cash returns still we could find. And now a word from our show sponsor. Let me let you in on the best kept secret when it comes to investing in single or multifamily flips. Hire an interior designer. Now stay with me. We're not talking about curtains and throw pillows here. We're talking about elevating your design, reconfiguring your floor plans, and developing functional spaces, all to maximize your ROI. Melanie Renee Designs has over 12 years of experience designing in the San Diego real estate market and is ready to help you increase your profits on flips, buy and holds, or short-term vacation rentals. Reach out to Melanie herself at melreneh at gmail.com. 
That's M-E-L-R-E-N-E-H at gmail.com. And make sure to tell her that we sent you. Awesome. So we're going to move to the second part of the show, Yosef. This is the legacy round. It's an open forum on your favorite acquisition that forever changes the trajectory of your business or life. Practical tips on how to grow your portfolio or how to build your investor network. So we've talked a little bit about deals, the first deal that you did and leveraging that to the second deal. So my recommendation would be maybe to talk about practical tips on how to grow a portfolio or probably that because you even talked about too in the first part of the show, building your investment network. But if you want to take that too and go a little bit more deeper in the weeds, I'm down for that as well because obviously building an investor network is very applicable, not only in real estate, but in business and just in life. So I'll leave that up to you. Okay, sure. I, I think I want to probably mention about my first deal again, because it, it is a deal that completely changed my uncle life because it's completely just shaking my life because it is, it is a proof of concept of cash out refi, forced appreciation and cash out refi. Two concepts that, that I got hooked up instantly when I was studying the multifamily real estate was forced appreciation and cash out refi. So when we took over that property, our average rent was about 500 to 510 per unit. Now we've been consistently pushing the rent. So we have a couple of units already getting 790 with some renovation, 700, 600, 650. We're constantly pushing. So in average, we have about hundred to $150 per unit already raised. So we have 43 units, right? And if you just apply the same cap rate, when we took it over, we had about 7% cap and just apply that having phantom equity there because the property value is NOI uh, net operating income divided by uh, cap rate. So meaning if your NOI grows, even if your cap rate stays the same, your property value goes up. What is NOI? NOI is uh, net operating income. So basically simply from all the incomes that you collect, including rent and other incomes now, building back to the clients or washer and dryer incomes, et cetera, minus all the operating expenses that you're going to spend for property management or just regular business expenses, et cetera. Now that leftover is called net operating income. And you just divide that by cap rate. So like I said, if you just, even if we just, we just apply the same cap rate, our NOI just went up now because we pushed rent about $150 times 44 times uh, 12 months, right? So that amount divided by cap rate of seven almost gave us, I think about $800,000 push up. It's just a created equity just by raising hundred bucks rent for each unit. But now we're talking to lenders and the lender actually came back with even lower cap rate because uh, cap rate is being shrinked. And with that, they actually told us that they could give us almost close to $2 million uh, proceeds wow. from this cash out refi. If we successfully do that, that means after paying for the loans and the deal, and then getting onto the new agency that we will still net with chunk of money that we could be distributed to the, the owners and it will be return of capital. And then our return will 
let's say if we have cash in cash returns 10%, now we'll go up 30%, 50%, and even infinite return depends on how much we distribute. So now what do you do? You roll that money into another deal, do the same. And this deal, cash flow was still coming out and might be infinite too. And this is forced appreciation and cash out refi concept. And it is literally happening now. Yep. And once it's done, I will have another proof of concept of this is working. So with this, it will get you tremendous credibility to your potential investors as to the syndication model or JV model that you're explaining how, why multifamily investing is the way to go. Right. And to the question that you asked about how to build the investor network, I think it's a combination of doing a lot of uh, meetups, going out, networking, hosting, and you collect their emails and phone numbers, names, but it's not just one type thing. You're going to be constantly checking out, try to build a relationship, invite them to another functions and events, just educate them. You got to educate them as to what specific terms mean. And now I have proof of concept of cash out refi. This is uh, another thing that you could present to your investors to gain more credibility. And it's this collective actions that will get you more investor bases. And you just continuously do that. Awesome. So we're going to move on to the last part of the show, the Giordano round is this is the multifamily by the slice podcast. Giordano's is the number one pizza spot in Chicago. You get these big, thick, meaty slices of pizza with cheese and, and meats and everything. And you get so much from one slice, you only have one or two. So this is going to be a series of rapid fire questions between Ike and I that our listeners are going to walk away with mouthfuls from. So the first one is you're on top of the highest mountain in the world, Yosef. You've got your last words that you can scream out to everyone before you die. What will you scream out to the world and want them to remember you by? Oh, it's a hard question. I think I have a lot of things to, to talk about, but I don't know. I'll, I'll just say, thank you, God. Like you're good all the time. All the time you're good. That's probably the last thing I'm going to say. And then I'll probably my friend, my family and friends, just being my family and friends. Nice. Yeah. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? If I have to pick one, it's going to be no matter what, fall in love with the process, not with the result. Because the pro this journey is, it could be very long and you never know what's going to happen. You could probably close your first deal and half months down the road or half year down the road, but it might not happen for the next two, three years. So if you compare yourself uh, with others, which I did in the beginning a little bit, okay, I joined this great groups and masterminds, why things are not happening to me when people are closing deals left and right, because it took me 10 months to do my first deal. So I was really feeling like I was walking in a tunnel without a light. But in the end, what came down to me from mentors and people around me were, you know what, just try to fall in love with the process, your own journey, not others, not the result. So that I want to pass that down to people who are just starting the journey. Let's go vocab. What are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms, multifamily investors should know and why? I mentioned briefly before NOI, the net operating income and cap rate. It's a capitalization rate. 
two. And so these two are very important, I think, because it's, it's a metric that commercial real estate investors use to come up with the value of your property. So the value of the property is NOI, the net operating income, divided by the cap rate. So you could kind of flip it, right? You can find out cap rate by NOI divided by your property value or vice versa. If you know the cap rate and the NOI, and you can, you can divide NOI by cap rate and find out the value of the property. And it's so important because when you underwrite the deal, you gotta be sure if you're buying into a good deal or not based on using this metrics. Otherwise, uh, you're gonna end up buying uh, a lot more expensive than you're supposed to. And it's not gonna cash flow and it's not gonna go for your investors. Last one, real estate term. I don't know if this, if this can be a real estate term, like cash out refi again. I'm, I'm a big fan of cash out refi. I'm like, I'm a choir, like I'm going to sing for it. <laughs> I think we building, all are, honestly. Yeah. After building some equity, cash out refi is way to go to build the generational wealth cycle. Absolutely. Compound that wealth, Compound right? Compound that, yes. All right. This is the last question, then we'll, then we'll get you out of here. Education is critical in this business. What books, apps, or mastermind groups would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? So let's see. Mastermind group. I'm, I'm part of MIH Mastermind. It's a great group with high performance, like-minded individuals. So look into it. Jake and Gino is another great group that I'm part of. Extensive amount of education materials, networking experience, and the coaches, everybody is just go-giver and, and they'll try to help you. G very genuine down to earth. So these are great groups that I'm in. The books, I mean, first book, I got to always pick Rich Dad and Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, right? It, it's just, it's not a real estate per se book but it's a mindset book and it would definitely change your mindset. And then enjoyed Jake and Gino's syndication book, Will Barrel Profit book and Joel Fellas syndication book. There you go. Thanks again for coming on the show yourself. Tell multi-family about a slice listeners how they best can get in touch with you. I'm very approachable on social media. I, I, I try to be very active. So LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, you could just punch in Yosef, your bro Seth, Y-O-S-E-F. Y-O-U-R-B-R-O-S-E-F. And you can text me, DM me, leave a comment. Definitely reach out back. Awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. You got Yosef, your bro, Seth, from Multifamily by the Slice. I'm your host, Dre Evans, Deep Dish Dre. And we got the incredible Ike in the house again. Leave a five-star review, subscribe to the show. You can do that all from our new website, www.multifamilybytheslice.com with all our social tags and everything. So thank you again for your time. Have a good one. Thank you, Dre. Thank you, Ike. Thanks, Yosef. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.